Hey everyone, welcome down to this week's Quick Questions episode. It's with Scott Fawcett. He joined us on the podcast this past week. We had an awesome one on course management and diving into some myths that you need to learn about so you can figure out where to aim your shots at uh, and just get a better plan to make it around a golf course. After we finished that, we went through our round of quick questions. We get to know him a little bit better. Let's get into it. Your favorite club in the golf bag? Driver. Bit more detail. Brand, <laughs> shaft, like what do you got going on? You know, I used a Cobra LV4, I think it was called, for about five years that I got from Mike Chisholm, who was the Titleist rep at the time. And I freaking loved the thing. And then it was in 2012, the night before first stage was starting, I broke it on the driving range. Just The head just flew off. And so I walked around stunned for about 30 minutes, not knowing what to do. And then I called Willie who was the Adams rep at the time. Adams, the only manufacturer here in town that I knew I could go get on a launch monitor and, and kind of tweak a club in for Q school starting the next day. And I got a, I don't even know what, I have no idea what the driver is. This is a white headed Adams. I don't even know what shaft is in it, but he fit me in that thing in October of 2012. And I still have it in the bag and probably time for a new club. I hear a lot of good things about the new ping driver and Johnson Claire's doing some great uh, fitting work with some shaft he swears by. So uh, he and I have chatted about just getting over there sometime soon to get me caught up with the uh, with with the new technology. Yes, uh, TPT golf shafts. Um, I had a chance to hang out with John at the PGA show and go through the fitting process. Pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Uh, your best piece of golf gear that you've bought or been given, let's say in the past year, could be a uh, anything from a shirt to a. You know, unfortunately, I haven't played very much golf in the last year, so I haven't bought a whole lot i would say man i have no idea I, I would say that the best golf gear that i've ever bought and that i swear by is the yellow putting art for working on your putting but i've had that for over a decade now so that's not uh, within the last year but i still think it's the best thing you can buy for your golf game yeah that works that works i like that all right let's see in the last five years for you what like one thing has made the biggest difference in in your game or your student's game? Catting for Will Zalatoris. Bar none is the best thing I've ever done for my game. And it's the best thing that anyone could do for their game is to go out and caddy for somebody else. You just can't imagine how different, how much more clear your thoughts are, how your mental game is just so positive and upbeat. Your self-talk is nothing but encouraging. It's, it's the single best thing you can do for your game. And I think that anyone who tries to play competitive golf would benefit from caddying at least two weeks a year for somebody else. Mm, I like that. That's some good advice I haven't heard before, but it makes a lot of sense. Well, I mean, Will, even it, and it's, it's not just an N of one. Uh, Will, whenever, and just, I'm trying to think what year it was, it was in 2015 probably, he got home from the NCAA championship and he's kind of struggling. He's not, he's not playing very good. He usually would get tired by the end of the, uh, the semester with NCAAs and, you know, the club coursework at Wake Forest. And he's out on the driving range freaking out one day and I'm watching him hit balls and, and I'm like, dude, you're hitting it fine. This is, you know, this is ridiculous. You're hitting it perfectly fine. You're just freaking out because you're a little tired. And one of our other buddies, a kid named Sam Clayman, who plays for Princeton now is standing there. And, and I said to Will, I'm like, will you do anything I tell you to do if, if it's what I truly think will help your game get better? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, literally anything. Cause I'm going to tell you to do something. You're probably going to roll your eyes at. And he's like, anything I'm in. 
And I said, I want you to caddy for Sam in the, uh, in the Byron Nelson Jr. this week. And you could see his face like, because he had the Pat Coast Am the following week. And he was just like, dude, I mean, I don't have time. I've got to get my game in shape. I'm like, I'm telling you, that'll help your game more than anything. Well, he went out and caddied for Sam, who finished, I want to say, like fifth, which was one of his better finishes ever. He also shot his career low in the second round, round of 65 or seven. And Will went out the next week and finished second in the Pat Coast Am. <laughs> it's just like, here's yeah. a kid who's completely freaking out. He actually did not play or practice for a few days and just went out and caddied and thought, helped a kid have one of his best finishes ever. And then he went out and played great golf the following week. It really is the best thing you can do for your game. Perfect. I, I love that advice. Another kind of interesting thing. So if you're standing on the first tee with someone and they're about to tee off to go play around, what would be the one thing that you'd want to tell them before they, before they go? Patience and discipline. May, the main thing that I always come back to and you know tiger saying if i play aggressively to my spots which most people would consider conservative it's about picking out good spots towards you know somewhere between the pin in the middle of the green potentially the pin i mean obviously who knows depending on the situation but then aggressively trying to put your ball there i think the biggest mistake that players make is they probably pick out decent targets maybe say 15 feet right of a pin on the left but then they subconsciously or fully consciously hope to hit the ball over there to the left by the pin. And the thing that I tell tour players of all caliber every single day is exactly what Tiger said. I play aggressively to my spots and virtually a hundred percent of tour players that I've worked with. When I say I used to aim at 15 feet to the right and then hope I hit it over there to the left, they all laugh and say, Oh, I do that like three or four times a day. That's the best players in the world saying they do that. And the greatest player in my opinion of all times explicitly saying that is not what he does. Yep. Absolutely. Instructor or coach or, or a mentor that had the biggest influence kind of on your golf game and career? Man, pick one. I mean, I, honestly, my, my gut reaction is to go with Tony Robbins, even though he's not a golf instructor, but he his teachings and, and changing the way that I view a lot of different things and just getting involved in, in a lot of Tony Robbins videos and going to some of his live seminars has changed my mental outlook on life and golf so much for the better. That would have to be it. For sure. And then we will end with this one because you've worked with a bunch of really high level junior players lately. What advice would you give to a high school golfer that comes to you and says they want to play on tour? I would say to continue working on whatever physical skills that you're working on and then <laughs> without trying to upsell it, get the decade app so that way you can really learn how the best players in the world think, how they strategize and, and methodically plot their way around a golf course. Because this game really like for what I teach, I, I simply have to assume that you have the physical skills and, you know, it sucks sometimes when I've get a young kid who's probably not good enough to turn professional right out of college, but they've got to go give it a whirl. And I want to just be like, look, you're not good enough, but they got to give it a whirl. And it's hard sometimes because I know what I'm teaching them is correct, but it's hard to see like, well, I'm just not quite physically <laughs> good enough. But the main thing is, is I, I assume, have to assume that you have the physical skill set in from there the game truly is entirely mental. I mean, it's just amazing watching Jordan speak the last couple of years in the Masters. Each year, he's done something mentally right or wrong to create his outcome. I mean, a couple of years ago, he gave a great press conference where he said that he's going to you know, make great decisions this week, and then he winds up butchering number 12 with a quad in the final round. Then 2016, he on Saturday says in his practice or in his, his post-round interview Saturday that he was going to go out and play super aggressive and fire at pins because for a guy like him, it doesn't matter if he finishes fifth or 10th. 
he shoots 75 and finishes 11th. And then this year he did a great job of just staying patient and, and waiting out a great run of holes and, you know, made a little run at it. So it's, it's really interesting once you learn, you know, some decade strategy, some proper professional thought processes, how you can learn a lot more from TV. And that's what I would tell a high school kid to do is, is learn as much from it as you can and then let TV serve to reinforce that. So on the, that physical skills kind of thing, like what you mentioned, like you, some players just don't have it, right? Like what in your mind means that someone has the physical skills? Like, what does that mean? I don't know. I mean, it's funny just because, you know, this is America, the land of the the free and, and dreams and everything. And you can do anything you put your mind to it. Like, I, I disagree with that. I couldn't be a Olympic sprinter if I dedicated my entire life from birth to doing that wasn't in the cards for me. And that, and that's okay. I would also say that to be as physically gifted as a tour player is, I mean, they just have a certain ability to do something really interesting. You know, I've, I've worked with uh, Fred Funk's son, Taylor, for, a, for a, a few years now. And that's what I've always tried to tell him. Like, man, you, you unfortunately are the son of a, of a guy who's not the biggest, most athletic looking person, but he's got some sort of a weird gift to hit a golf ball. And he does it really well. And as a result, has printed money for 40 years. And it just seems like it should be easy. And, and it's, it's not. <laughs> but everyone on tour has some sort of a fingerprint of something they do great. Now, I'm not saying that I, I do believe everyone can get to a plus handicap given the right amount of time. But to get to the, a tour level of a plus six or seven, you know, that's the, the sprinters of the world. There's, I mean, there's a, a bit of a survivorship bias. There's a bit of just... They can just do things that certain people, other people can't do. Does that answer that question? It, it does. <laughs> and this is going to be the longest fin final question because I've got another one. You said everyone can get to a plus handicap. I can't skip over that. What does that mean? Well, I just, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say I don't think it's that hard, but I, I do believe that the human body, and I mean, okay, maybe I shouldn't say everyone. Maybe there's 20% of people who are just simply so uncoordinated they can't do it. I, I have no idea. But I believe that most people, when I watch them on a driving range, and again, if you don't start the game till you're 40, it's going to be hard unless you play the correct tees to get down to that type of a level. But I just don't think that getting to a scratch or better handicap, again, I shouldn't say it's not that hard, but it's, it's doable with a lot of work. And again, most people have jobs and families and you know, time constraints that, would, that will make that impossible. But not given those, I do think that everyone has enough basic human coordination and function that they could pull it off. You know, and this is the other thing too. When you see these guys hacker to hero, and I'm going to go from a 20 to a scratch in a year, no, you're not. <laughs> like it's just that's just not the way it works. It requires so many reps, and golf requires so much time learning how to play the game and reading nuances and win. Like I don't even care if you knew how to stripe it perfectly, unless you, until you've played a ton of actual golf, understanding how to read lines and yeah, you just. It's going to take time, but I do believe everyone could get there given the time. 